0: The autumn wind is a pirate.
1: Welcome Raider Nation to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Yes, the season is finally over. Dysfunction Junction has made another stop at the end of the postseason. Yes, here we are yet again. Okay, so on today's show, we will have the post-game for the Circus. Yes, and I'm talking about the Circle Circus of the Kansas City Chiefs. What a disgrace. Then the next story, of course, will be Goodbye Derek Carr and Where We Go From Here. And really, we'll take a look back before we take like a look forward then we hit the bone line. We're rocking. We're rolling. Had surgery a couple days ago. I'm feeling okay. That's what pain meds will do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to it. Oh 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 oh, oh,
2: oh.
1: <coughs> Yes. The Kansas City Chiefs come to Las Vegas and I mean all the Chiefs. A lot of Chief fans in Las Vegas. Matter of fact, it looked a lot more red than it did black because 60% of the seats were given to the Kansas City Chief heads. Yes, and before I get too far into that, let me just say this. Why do they have the ability to have a Kansas City Chiefs? Why can they do the Tomahawk job and no one's disrespected? Again, it's completely a joke. The NFL has no, uh, they have no heart. They have no soul. Matter of fact, all they do care about is the money. For sure, we all know this. But the Chiefs came into our house, took it over, disrespect all around, The fans are really cool. Let me just say, I've been to Kansas City. The fans are very nice, very accommodating. I mean, they're not like Bronco fans, for sure. (laughs) Bronco fans are the worst. They're nice people. Yeah, the Midwest is really full of nice people. And when you go to a game there, you can really, you know, shout your head off and nobody makes a big difference. But still, our stadium, full of red and you know i've always talked about the cheesiness the greasiness and the giddiness of the kansas city chiefs and it came on full display when they did their little circle jerk of uh ring around the rosy before they went out to uh, play their play of course they were ahead already by what 24 points and we were faltering mightily because our defense and our defensive coordinator are extremely lame and lacking but it was just a total show of disrespect. And when Andy Reid was asked about it, he giddied, he giggled, and he laughed. He said, how cute. Now the announcer's on TV. Oh, how cute. Look at that. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Yet you can't point a finger at another player after a play unless you, and then you get a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct. Tell me what is more unsportsmanlike than that show of disrespect. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a Raider fan who sees it as a slap in the face, and it would never, and I mean never, happened back in the day. Let me tell you, with the likes of Tatum, Atkinson, I mean, the list will go on of players that were tough, rough, and didn't take any guff from anybody ever on the field. Not only was there no complaint From the officials or Andy Reid, but the announcers also got involved with the giddiness and the lack of response from our ownership and coaching staff says all you can say about how weak-minded, weak-willed, and just weak the Raiders' management and ownership is. Yes, I got to say the haircut, the bull cut, the Mark Davis Three Stooge guy with no sack, has no balls, has no idea what disrespect is. But his idea, really of disrespect, is kicking fans out of the stadium for having signs that say, fire McDaniels, we deserve better than this. Never would that have happened in Oakland. First of all, you never would have had that many fans from Kansas City in Oakland. They would be afraid To go there because the Raider Nation in Oakland was daunting. It was brutal. Let me just tell you that we would put up with other fans, but we would not put up with shenanigans like they do and soft with a capital S Las Vegas. I don't want to cast any disparaging words on the Las Vegas fans or the city of Las Vegas, but button it up. Will you please earn respect? Gain some respect from the rest of the league fan base because when they start getting giddy in the stands, you got to take them down. And I'm not talking about just, you know, talking. I'm talking about just like they did in Oaktown. When people got silly, Raider fans got down. The reputation lasted for the entire time the team was in its original Oakland Raider Stadium. Never did I ever see such disrespect there. Only respect because the fans were hardcore. Now maybe you have to be too wealthy or too much money, or maybe you're just you know not wanting to get in trouble, or I don't know what it is. But I know this: <laughs> you're not getting the jobs done, Vegas. You're not carrying on the great. And I mean, with a capital G, the great history of the Raider Nation. Listen, our team might stink, but our fans always stood up for what was right. But I can see why, because the ownership and the management are so weak. I mean, listen to the Josh McDaniels rambling, well, you know, uh, well, you know, um. Randy put that one on, I love it.
3: (laughs) All right, well, obviously Taylor tale of uh, two halves. Um, you know, we wanted to try to get off to a fast start, thought we did that uh, in the game, and then, you know, give them credit. Um, seemed like they were just, you know, a little bit ahead of us, you know, in, in general, just in general. Um, you know, guys fought, but we got to learn how to play full four-quarter game. You know, um, uh, that's what we're, we're going to have to do. Um, you know, I thought, um, you know, and then the second half, um, we had chances. Let's not sit here and say we didn't have chances. We've certainly had chances in the second half. It wasn't like we didn't have opportunities there. So, um, you know, you know, when we got the third down, so, you know, just, um, you know, but, you know, um, uh, Thought we had a couple chances, you know, the second drive there to maybe get it towards midfield. Uh, there's definitely an opportunity to do that if you thought that that was the right thing to do. Um, you know, we hit them on the uh, the little gadget there. You know, that's not enough to win in this league. So, you know, just we'll look at it and see what, what we did, you know, but uh, you know what I mean? So... Um, Felt like we, you know, had had a a couple opportunities, but obviously didn't didn't capitalize on them, you know, it's 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 not good enough. You know what I mean? I know that. Um, And so, you know, we got to coach better in those situations. We got to avoid feeling like, you know, the situation is okay. you know, and um, I don't sense that our team relaxes when we have that situation. But obviously that that may be the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Um, You know, and so um, sometimes lessons are learned the hard way, um, you know, but I have a lot of confidence and faith in the in the way that these guys will respond. They always do, uh, you know, so, um, you know, um, you know, but like I said, I, you know, I mean, we have to do it, you know, this doesn't matter what I stand up here and talk about or what somebody else talks about, um, you know, it's just it's about actions, you know, and uh, the other team plays, you know, as hard as they possibly can, too, and we played zone, we played man, and um, that's not enough to win in this league. So uh, they got a lot of good players and a lot of good coaches over there, and, uh, and they earned the right to win today, and we didn't. Good to go. Thank, Thank you.
1: you. And the circus that has been the Raiders since, I, mean, I don't know, for, since 2002, since we did have a commanding team with a commanding coach and a commanding ownership Those days have long faded. 31-13, embarrassing loss. No one played well. Stidham is not the answer. We all know that. That's just gobbledygook from the less than average management of the Raiders that I don't even know who they are. I just know this. It's not about the team. It's about the fans. The fans make the team. Now, the team's going to continue to fumble around until Mark Davis leaves, which shouldn't be very long, honestly. So I'm going to leave this story right where it is. Disrespect. Stand up, Raider Nation. Don't be that weak when it comes to other teams coming into our stadium. Stand up, bro. Stand up and get it together, man, because there's a long history of that in the Raiders. And it started with the players, and it ended with the fans, and i hope it didn't end in Oakland. And that is all I have to say about that. Hi, my name is, my name is, my name is, Raider Greg. Hi, my
4: name is, my name is, my name is,
1: Raider Greg. 200 frickin' episodes of the Raider Nation podcast. Very hard for me to believe but here it is. Welcome Red Nation to the Red Nation podcast. And if I sound excited, well guess what? <laughs> it's football season. I love it. Welcome Red Nation to the Red Nation podcast and I am your pissed off host Radar Greg. Well, did you ever think we'd be here this time of year? Holy moly. We are on the edge of a playoff contention, I'm thinking, on show 326. And I am your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to this show. Well, the season is over. The finale, a 31-10 beating of the Kansas City Chiefs. You gotta just love that. And a pummeling in general of the AFC West. You gotta love it. Everything is for the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs this, and ooh, Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, let's just glue our lips to his ass. Because everybody's got their lips glued to it. I don't know how we can walk. I love it! Well, the end of the age, or this age, the last decade, almost, nine years, Derek Carr said his goodbyes to the Raider Nation. Little did we know that his last game would be in the cold, frigid field of Steelers Nation. Now, I wish I'd have known. I'd have paid more attention. I'd have given more, way more thought, but we didn't know that that would be his last game. He didn't know. But the management knew.
5: Josh, um, you obviously have some uncertainty right now. At quarterback, um... Uh, I know you can't name names and things like that, uh, but what's sort of an ideal scenario for you, uh, for your quarterback in
0: 2023? And then also, um, you know, what what sort of path forward might there be with with Derek Carr?
6: Uh,
3: I think, think, again, I think there's going to be some time here that we need to go back through everything that we've done. Um, And it's going to start with him. We're going to look at the games we've played, our performance at every position and try to just look at it objectively now. I mean, now we're not getting ready for another opponent. We're not focused on a game plan. Uh, now we're just looking at, you know, what we've done. And um, and at the end of the day, you know, we'll need to make some decisions about everything. You know, that position obviously is paramount, but, you know, it would be no different in any other position. Um, but it'll, it'll start with that. That's the process that we're getting ready to embark on. Um, we have not done that yet. Uh, we will. Uh, and it'll take us a little time, you know, because that's it needs to be thorough and it needs to it deserves time. That's what it deserves. And so um, there's a lot that will go into that. And before we make any final proclamations or decisions, um, there's a lot of people that are going to need to, you know, do some some evaluating here. Watch a lot of tape, have a lot of discussions that are hopefully very fruitful. And uh, and then when we're ready to go, we'll move on. Have there been and,
5: or will there soon be conversations with them?
3: Sure. Sure, you know. I mean, I we talked about that when we had that conversation on Wednesday. You know, before the San Francisco game, um, that you know that there's going to be a time and a place to have a conversation or multiple conversations at the end. Um, you know that, that need to be had. And we've had a great relationship. He's done a lot of great things, and um, and anything uh, that's said otherwise is incorrect. So um, we'll look forward to that. And like I said, that's you know there'll be some time between now and then.
1: They knew he was leaving. So they punked him, and they kicked him out for two games. Now they say they're going to trade him. Nate my friend. Derek Carr is not going to get traded by the Raiders at all. He will let the Raiders cut him on the 15th, and then he will seek a new team and find one very reasonably and easily. I hope it's the Dolphins. I don't want him to go to the Jets. It's still dysfunctional, but I hope our organization— that deserves a good quarterback, finds him and he finds them and they make it to the Super Bowl. Derek Carr has been a stellar human being, never having better than the 25th ranked defense in all nine seasons. Who does that to a quarterback? Well, the dysfunctional Raiders do. He has never had a good defense. He's had better defenses. And guess what? We've gone better in the season. We had better records. Go figure. You cannot pin the failings of the Raiders on Derek Carr. You pin the failings of the Raiders where it's always been. It's been in ownership and management and coaching. That is where the bucket should be full of frustration and anger. Not on Derek Carr. A lot of people got a lot to say about it. I know it's a controversial thing. You guys know how I feel about him. He's the only thing. And this organization has been consistent and positive for the last nine years. It is disgusting to me the way they treated him, and he left as classy as he came. Always a Raider, a solid, good Raider, always wanting to do the very best to make this team go to the championship, unlike the ownership and the management that he worked for. Now, the fans always appreciated the exciting games. I can't tell you how many games I saw him come back in the fourth quarter and win. How much excitement was that? Let's not forget those games. Let's not forget those exciting throws, great passes, great receptions, great games at the end. We thought we were going to lose and we win. Now, as long as I'm here and speaking about the subject, let me move on. From a thank you, Derek Carr, from the bottom of my heart as a Raider fan, I am absolutely ashamed of the way this organization has treated you. But go on, my brother. You go on and do great things because I know you can, and I wish you the best. Now let's get to the Raider organization of this season. Let's go back to the press conference when we got the line of bullshit about how we're we're not rebuilding, we're reloading. Mark, Paul, Paul Gutierrez here from ESPN. You, in the decade plus since you've been running things, you've, you've overseen a deconstruction, then the reconstruction. How would you describe what this is right now, just totally going outside of the box? And like you mentioned earlier, finding the, the synergy, but going outside of the box
3: as well?
0: Well, I, I think that John and Mike had built a uh, foundation to build upon. And I think that's what we're doing now, and I think moving forward, that's what these two are going to be building upon, that foundation. Uh, we've got some great players in this organization right now. Um, I believe there's a great culture in this organization right now, which is what they will find. They haven't seen that as much yet because they haven't seen all the players together, but that's something that Rich had built uh, over the last six months is a fantastic culture in this building. And uh, I think that uh, it's just now we're just moving to the next level and that it's not a rebuild it's not a reload it's just taking this to the next level and uh, getting to that super bowl and winning some championships
1: mark davis and the bull haircut which goes along with his intelligence speaking pure lies to the fan base that supports him that pays her every single thing he has along with the with the new coaching staff and general manager ziggy ziggy marley I wouldn't even put the shade on Marley. I'll just say Ziggy Stardust because that's not a person.
7: (laughs) Almost everybody that comes into a GM role is a scout. And most of your days are spent watching film. Most of your days are centered around just scouting. And then you get into this role and a lot of your days eaten up by all non-scouting activities. Again, whether it's roster management stuff, whether it's meeting with the head coach on um, whether it's a player issue or, you know, preparing for an opponent or some scheme things or just various things that pop up. And so the amount of things that come up that don't pertain to scouting that you have to handle, I think was a surprise. I think the one thing that that I always knew was important, um, just from a team building standpoint, but I really uh, saw this... this um, really became evident this year is how valuable it is to have smart and dependable players on your team. And when I say smart, I mean talking about from a football IQ standpoint, I don't think you can have enough of them. And I think a lot of times talent's important. There's no doubt. Explosiveness, speed, Um, the ability to tackle, the ability to rush the passer, like all of that's really important. But having players that are smart and dependable that also have that skill set. So in the critical moments of games – they they can take what you they were taught during the week they can take from the practice field in those critical situations and a half 2 minute drill uh f- last 4 minutes of the game whatever it may be that they can take those and execute those in the moment and have the i would say the football intelligence to take it again from the meeting rooms in the field to the game even though we may only spend we may have only spent because of the way it works we may have spent 10 minutes on a certain topic but the expectation is, if it pops up in the game, that specific situation, boom, you can um, execute the task that you need to execute. And, and I think that, you know, that's an area we're going to continue to improve. We have a lot of guys that have that, but we're going to continue to improve in that area. But I think everybody's always focused in on the measurables and the athletic testing numbers and things of that nature. But I don't think you can have enough smart and dependable football players. And I just think that, again, I understood that, but I didn't till I got in this role and, and really saw it day in and day out and was really intimately involved in,
4: I'd say the team, more so than the past, I really saw the value of that. How do you and the staff, and you know, I'm talking about your staff, Josh staff, the collective staff, evaluate something like that? Because mm-hmm. you know for for the guy like me, height weight speed, I mean, that's pretty easy to see, to identify, yeah. to understand, to make sense of. With some of the things that you're talking about, the, the intelligence, the, the football IQ, the emotional intelligence, I imagine, in some ways, mm-hmm. how do you kind of gauge that going through an off-season process as we get ready for the draft and free agency and all that comes in the next couple of months? Yeah, it's the most. It's one of the most
7: difficult parts of the, um, the pre-draft process. If we're just focusing on the draft right now, free agency is a little bit of a different animal. Um, Part of that process starts in the fall as we go into schools. Um, our, our area scouts go into schools all across the country, and they start to do their character research and their background information. And they talk to you know a lot of the different people that are in those schools to try to um, get some of those questions answered when it comes to football intelligence. And I'm not going to go into the specifics, but there's specific questions that we would ask to uncover those things. There's... Um, uh, and, and so there's that aspect. And then it's kind of you're piecing those puzzle pieces together now um, at all these different events. And what I mean by those different events is now we're out of the fall scouting process. And so we do have a feel of it. Mm-hmm. Um, for some guys, we're in lockstep. We know exactly what it is. And then for some guys, good or bad. And then for some guys, it's uh, it's an open-ended question. We, we – th- we have heard one thing, but then there's this other thing, and you and you really don't know. So now we're in the all-star game phase where we get to sit down and interview players, and so um, – and then the combine, and then 30 visits, and pro days, and all of those different things. And we have a certain – uh, certain formula and a f- certain philosophy here when we meet individually with players, uh, a process that we put them through to understand exactly what their football intelligence is to the best that we can. And then um, obviously you have to make decisions um, weighing the um, – because you still have to play football too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're, we have to weigh the the – you know, the, what position they play, because each position requires a different level, I would say, of football intelligence. And so you have to weigh what the position is. You have to weigh the talent of the player. And then the other thing that you have to weigh is the makeup of your current room. And, and what I mean by that is if you have a really young room um, where I would say maybe there's players that are still growing from both a an emotional intelligence standpoint, uh, a football IQ standpoint, a maturity standpoint, um is that a room that you can take a risk on another player that maybe has some of those same issues, or do you have to fill that position uh maybe it 's in free agency with a veteran that you know has those attributes that can help bring the room along so there 's a little bit of understanding your room too when you 're getting into kind of weighing the um the pros and cons of adding a player in 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 that uh in that regard
4: for the casual fan out there, what does that process of evaluation look like for you and you and the guys over the next couple of weeks? And again, I don't want to you know, spill sure. a lot of the specifics of what we
7: do, but I would say what we look at, I'm going to take the players out of it for a minute. Mm-hmm. When we look at, okay, from a coaching perspective, um, whether it's you know practice, whether it's travel to away games, whether it's prep, just game preparation from a scouting standpoint, whatever it may be, athletic training, what the athletic training staff does, what strength and conditioning did during the year, so on and so forth. The thing that we go through in a very basic sense without getting the specifics is what went well, Mm -hmm. what didn't go well and what are what are the solutions to the things that didn't go well, and some of those things may come back on me or could come back on Josh? What I mean by that is there there may be a, a communication gap that i didn't communicate well enough to let's just say our strength and conditioning uh, um, department and in that evaluation process where we meet individually with all those different groups um those are the some of the things that are going to going to come up. What we try to do is create a an environment here where um, I want the people that work for me to also feel comfortable to be critical with me in areas that what I want to improve. And, and Josh is the same way. And so a lot of it is looking internally about all of those different things. When we're looking at the players specifically, um, we're, we're, we're looking at the strengths and weaknesses. And then for the weaknesses, it's it's a really – it's a specific plan for the player of what they need to do to get better in these certain areas, it could be something as basic as flexibility, and we and us giving them a plan, not just saying, "Hey, you need to yeah. you need to get more flexible," or "You need to uh, you know get stronger." It's, spe- it's specific of the how. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do it? And this is how we're going to help you do it. You know, so on and so forth. So, in, in a basic sense, that's what it is. It's not just talk, and it is a process, and it does take time, and it does take. Um, you know, patience to do it the right way. Um, but that's what we're going to do. And we're, e- e- even in areas that we thought went well, we're going to do the, the, the same thing in the areas that, we, that, that went well, as, as long as the areas that we struggled in.
4: You know, going back to the end of of 2022, we got a chance to see Jared Stidham for two games, Mm -hmm. end of the year, his final two. Uh, What did you kind of take away from what he brought to the table? Obviously, you and Josh have know him really well. You brought him from New England for a reason, but having him the chance to get his first go at this and doing it in kind of uh, a real sense, for lack of a better term, what did you take away from his performances? Yeah, well,
7: um, like you said, we've been around him for um, numerous years, but never saw him play four quarters of an NFL game on a Sunday. And that's a big change. There's a lot of guys that um can perform well in the preseason. Uh, perform well in practice. But the Sunday when the lights are on and the speed of the game is what it is, and you have um, an opposing defensive staff that's game planning for you know, your team and to stop certain things, it's, it's a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. And so there was, still, there's, I mean, there was still a lot of unknown, even though that we had spent time with him, uh, of how he would do in that, in that situation. And I think the, the positive thing that he showed is that he could go in there and on a very basic level, he could go in there and move the team. And I think um, there's a lot of, of, of um, quarterbacks that get that opportunity that just struggle with that. They struggle to move the team. And, and a lot of that comes with um, knowing the offensive system, preparation, but also confidence and football intelligence to be able to go out there. And I think what we saw from him is he could go out there and problem solve a little bit. And that's a really hard thing to do is to be able to go out and adjust plays, um, read, uh, understand coverages, make the adjustments to get our uh, to get our team in the right play. And he showed the ability to do that. I think he also showed a lot of uh, you know, poise, moxie, some confidence in the way that he played. Um, you know, he was decisive with the football, whether it was a, a decisive decision to throw the football or pull it and run. Um, and he showed a good, really good competitive spirit and and some arm talent too. Um, there were some, th- you know, specific throws that he made in those two games that were good football throws. So I think he showed a lot, I think he showed, um, you know, a lot of good things, but it is a two game sample. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you have to temper I- exactly, you know, uh, how high or how low you get um, because it is two games. And, and you know, that's that's not a large body of work to make, I would say, like, you know, to have a whole put your fist yeah. down on the table, you know exactly what it is type of thing.
4: Yeah, completely. And, and you know, we look ahead now to the draft, obviously an exciting couple months for everyone across the league, especially in, in this building, but a different one for you and Josh in a lot of senses, right? You know, second one, a little, uh, little experience under your belt. But as we sit here now, a first-round pick in the back pocket. Uh, how does that kind of I don't know if I don't want to say change the evaluation or change the process, but it's certainly uh, going to be if, if things stay the way they are now a different experience than the first one.
7: Yeah, and and, and everybody focuses on the on the first pick. Um,
4: yeah. It's the, it's the shiny toy, Dave. Yeah. Come
7: on. And and the thing, uh, um, no, again, I'm not proud. I'm not proud of the fact that we earned the seventh overall mm-hmm. pick in the draft. Um, that's not where I would prefer for the Las Vegas Raiders to be picking. Um, we want to pick at the end of the first round, um, because that meant our season was successful, obviously, but, but this is what we earned. Mm -hmm. Um, we earned the seventh pick and we also have the seventh overall pick subsequently in round two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And there's a lot of value in having, you know, the top pick, one of the top seven picks in each round. So um, there's just going to be a, a greater focus on the top of the draft. There's going to be a greater focus on the players that that everybody sees in the mock drafts and things like that. They, that like you said, the shiny new toys, um, a lot of those shiny toys from last year weren't going to be options for us after we move those two picks. And so you know, we're excited. We're going to have an opportunity to add some good players here uh, in the draft and that hopefully can help the Raiders for years to come.
1: And McNuggets which has never been a good coach and will never be a good coach. You can mark it right here. Never, ever in his history, he will leave the Raiders a shadow of the worst coach in NFL history and move into obscurity. Maybe go back to Patriots or whatever. He will never succeed here. I don't care how long he's here. He's not a leader of men, never will be. His mealy mouth postgame speeches hurt my ears. I can't listen nor watch him.
3: And now, obviously, we'll uh, head into an evaluation phase uh, part of the year that everything we've done, our entire operation, our entire process, uh, all of our individual performances um, you know, that's what we want to look at, uh, starting with myself and, and our staff and everything we've done uh, to try to see every way we can how we can improve. Uh, and make our football team better. That's what our focus will be on. Um, players will take the necessary time right now to get healthy, physically, um, mentally, emotionally. Uh, make sure that they're ready to go when we have an opportunity to come back together in April and have a, a productive off season. But uh, you know, the next month, month and a half will be all spent on evaluation and and what what we can do to to make everything we do better. So.
8: Do you anticipate your entire staff returning next year? Uh,
3: well, obviously, Mo Drayton will be leaving to take over at the Citadel, so that will be one. Um, but uh, we'll look at everything. Um, again, I think those guys have worked really hard and done everything uh, that they could do uh, to try to help put our team in position to win. Um, you know, I think they deserve um, an opportunity to – were going to evaluate our own performance um, for sure, and that's, that's every year. You know, so – um, I'm I'm definitely not ready at this point to say anything, uh, other than I'm thankful for for all that they did for us to try to help us win and give us a chance. So um, we'll look at that obviously as we go forward. When you're
8: evaluating the coach, how much is it? Okay, this is the guys we gave them, and they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. And how much is maybe hey there was under production based on
3: how much does that? It's good? both, and that's the that's the tough part, you know. And so and that's what we get paid for, you know. So. Um, we understand that, you know, there's different, uh, circumstances, um, you know, that, that may limit our ability to be productive. And then there's other things, other factors that go into all that. So, um, look, we all need to be as productive as we can be in our role. That's what our, our jobs are. Um, and so that's what we're going to try to make sure that we, we go through.
4: For yourself as an individual, what goes into that evaluation process? Just in terms of the job that you think you did as, as a play caller, as a head coach, as a leader, just all those things collectively in offseason.
3: Yeah, um, I think number one is going back through and you know what was I what was I doing? What was I responsible for? How productive was I in my role in terms of the things that I was really responsible for in that regard? I'm obviously I'm responsible for everything, but I mean. I think in terms of the individual hats that I try to wear, um, look at those things and see if um, they were as productive as we need them to be. Um, I think listening to other people is really important at this time of the year. Uh, there's a lot of other people that um, you know, see me on a daily basis. Uh, I think that's true for everybody. Um, that's what I'm going to try to do with our coaches, and that's what I'm going to try to do for myself, um, you know, is listen to other people. They give me great feedback. They did all year long. Um, and try to, you know, just you know, be, be very uh, constructive uh, with myself in terms of, you know, if there's things that I need to do better. And there's never been a year that I've coached where I didn't feel like I could do a better job. So um, and I think that's, that will definitely be true this year, you know, in a lot of areas, and I think that's probably going to be true with most people. How challenging is that, though, to be the CEO, basically, of everything, overseeing everything, and then as opposed to just being you know, the play caller that's designing all the plays and calling them all in and all that? Yeah. Um, it's a great challenge. It's also um, very rewarding. Um, you, know, you, you try to you know, maintain the, the culture, the vibe in the building day-to-day, uh, our attitude, our mindset, and try to be just a productive leader every day. Um, and it's not just solely focused on offensive plays or, you know, offensive production uh, as, as obviously my career has centered around mostly. Um, and so it's so one of the reasons why I wanted to do it, you know, is because I think it's an opportunity to challenge yourself and it's an opportunity to grow as an individual. Um, I certainly don't have all the answers. I leaned on a lot of people this year. I'll continue to do that. Um, I have a lot of people that influence, you know, the things that I do on a day-to-day basis, and um, those people are very vital to me and to our organization. So, it's definitely a different perspective. You have to divide and conquer. Um, you have to trust other people, which I think I've tried to do a really good job of giving people responsibility, and then trying to be there if I can to help them in any way that I can do. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, really. Leading and and making sure that we're trying to do the right things day to day as a football team, not just as an offense, is really where where it starts.
0: What were your expectations of the defense coming into the year, and did they ever perform this
3: season? Um, I don't think anybody can sit here right now and say that we performed above our expectation. We didn't do enough as a football team to earn the right to keep playing, you know. And so, I don't think me personally, I'm not uh, satisfied or content with any phase. Um, that doesn't mean we didn't try hard didn't mean we didn't try to do the best we could doesn't mean that everybody didn't give great effort um, the reality is is you know we got we got to be more productive if you're talking about that side of the ball look that that side of the balls charged with not allowing points and creating turnovers and uh, we'll do everything we can to try to help improve that part of the the team as we move forward but um, I would say the same thing offensively and in the kicking game. There's there's areas for us to improve in every phase. So that's what we're going to do. Um, and, again, I don't really place a grade on, you know, how we did or didn't do based on expectations. The reality is is we're going to win and lose as a team, and uh, each phase needs to contribute to that. And, and, honestly, we all need to do more. That's what we're going to do. I mean,
7: you've acknowledged that uh, people are probably sick of hearing about the process, but I think if you take a step back, you can kind of understand year one. It, it takes a while to, to get that in place. But now going into year two, do you feel is there a little more pressure that that process yields the, the results that you kind of said were the standard?
3: Well, I think there's pressure every year to do the best you can do. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's what my mindset will be. Uh, that's what it was, and I think that's what our team and our staff and our organization will – we'll be thinking about as we go forward. Um, I mean, to put any more pressure on ourselves is, I mean, there's a, we, we, we wanna do as good as we can do. And that's clear and obvious. So um, we know what the standard is and we're gonna try to do everything we can to to get closer to it, you know? And that's, that's every day uh, and that process has already begun. So um, our off season's begun. And so um, every way we can make it better, we're gonna try to do that um, and I don't know any, any. There's nothing else I could ask of our of our people here in the, in the building, other than to do everything they can every day while they're here to try to make us better, so we can be competing for for championships as we move forward. So, um, you know, we all know what the what the goal is. We all understand what what we signed up for.
2: Josh, it seems like the. the, the the margin of success and failure in pro sports is so narrow. Mm-hmm. Where, where would you – how would you not rate this team, but but how far away is this team in your mind when you sit in your office and you say, man, we had six games with double-digit leads, we lost five of those, perhaps could have gone the other way. How far away is this team in your mind?
3: You know, the reality is, is the margin is slim. You know, winning and losing in this league is uh, usually dictated by a few plays. Um, and in many cases this year, I would say – that was the case for us. Um, we also won some games like that, too, you know, that could have potentially gone the other way as well. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, the best you can do is put yourself in position to win. And I think we, we had opportunities that we capitalized on and we had opportunities that we did not. And so uh, our, our, you know, focus and goal now is going to be on how do we close the gap uh, to try to, you know, either put us over the hump on some of those close games or maybe – create less close games that would be ideal uh, if we could. so um, I don't you know I don't really stop to, to consider how far away, how close. I just know each individual game is its own thing. Um, there's a way to win them all. Uh, we, we know that. Uh, you may have to play them completely differently uh, in order to do such based on the opponent and their strengths and weaknesses and how they match up with yours. but um, I'll always believe that that we can win. <laughs> Uh, We may have to do things a little differently from week to week, but we can win. And so uh, our goal is to try to improve it now, going forward, improve our team in any way that we can so that when we line up and play again next year, we're a hell of a lot closer, we're more competitive, and we're able to win more games.
4: You know, there's no obviously no moral victories in football, but you know, when you look at those close games and knowing that you were to play away, does that you know make you optimistic moving forward? Knowing that you win those games, you're a playoff team next year.
3: I'm optimistic because of what I see day to day. That's what I'm optimistic about. You know, and when you sit there and and you look at the way that the guys work and their attitude and their mindset, the way they played down the stretch, uh, the way they competed with a number of teams that. You know, that are really good football teams and good organizations, you know. And so I, you know, my optimism stems from the guys that I get to work with every day and our staff and our players and uh, the guys upstairs, you know. I know what they're doing, and I know how hard they're working to try to to close the gap on where we need to go. And so um, I'm always optimistic about that.
8: How different do you think your defense might be next year from a personnel standpoint?
3: Um, you know, I mean, look, uh, there's obviously a lot to go into that. Um, that's a broader question that will probably be answered over the next so many months, but, um, you know, there's certainly a number of free agents. We know we're aware of that. Um, you know, really on both sides of the ball. Um, but you know, those, those questions will be answered here as we go through our process and evaluate what we had this year, uh, and what we might need to do to get better, you know? So Um, it'll look different. I mean, there's no question about that, but I'd say the same thing for the other two sides as well. You know, Uh, nothing's ever the same from one year to the next, and um, there'll be new faces in here, whether they be draft picks or or somebody in free agency, and I'm sure there's going to be some guys on the team that we're definitely going to try to to bring back and continue to work with.
8: Whether you win or lose, lessons are learned. What are some lessons that you learned um, in
9: your first year here in Silver and Black?
3: Well, I mean... This organization, um, I think I've learned a lot about this organization in general. Um, their commitment to winning, uh, the fan base is incredible, uh, the best I've seen, uh, and I've been in the league for 22 years. And um, you know, it's just it's an amazing amount of support. Um, I think that you know what they've given us to to, to work with here in terms of facilities and uh, resources have been second to none and. Um, You know, and and so you just, you know, you want to pour everything you got into it uh, to try to uh, make that come full circle and win. And so um, there's a lot of great people here that do a lot of great things to help us win. Um, And, you know, we're we're going to try to do everything we can to help everybody here become a winner.
1: At the very beginning, I was very skeptical of this hire. At the very beginning, I was like, you know, I don't know about this guy. But you know what? Like anything else as a Raider Nation, you got to buy in because that's who you got. You got to just say, okay, well, he's our coach. Let's hope for the best. Let's pick out the best that he could possibly be and hope that that happens. And no, I'm sorry to say the opposite occurred. His coaching was lame at best. And almost like he wanted to lose, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what they wanted to do all along, move on from Paracar. Because in the meantime, we had our ownership having lunch and dinner with Tom Brady. Tampa Tom. And the fumble Tom. And, And the fact that they're talking about Tom Brady coming to Las Vegas, it reminds me of Celine Dion returning to Vegas or the Blue Man Group. Or someone else showing up and doing a stint in Vegas so they can pull some people in, gamble, and then they'll leave again going somewhere else. That's what the Raiders have become in Las Vegas. They're not feared. The fan base is not feared. The team is far from feared. And Vegas got everything they wanted when they built that stadium. The Death Star is the death of the Raiders star. It's not the other teams. It's us. Mark Davis complains about the number of opposing fans in the stands. Well, it's not anybody else's fault, Mo. It's your fault as ownership, which I want to give you all an encouraging word here, will not be for long. Carol Davis, the wonderful woman, very sweet lady, Al's wife is around 92. She's still alive because if she wasn't, Mark will be due $400-plus plus million of inheritance tax that he has to come up with right away. No, they won't put him on a payment plan. He doesn't have any money. COVID kept the money from rolling in that first year of the stadium, and so he owes uh, $1.67 billion still on the stadium. He has no money. He's playing with other people's money and if that happens he will have to sell a majority share of the organization because i don't know anybody who would just pay for a piece of it especially the way it's run currently yes we can look forward to mark davis moving on quite soon in the next few years he will have to leave thank goodness and i really feel bad for mark i feel sorry for him i have a I feel sorry for a guy who has no family, no wife, no children to hand the team down to, no heirs to have in the luxury box with you showing them how to run an organization, how the Raiders history was, all the things you would do to your child if they were going to inherit your business. He has nothing. He has no one. I feel bad for Mark. He's a lonely dude who's desperate for attention and who's trying so very hard to get a championship that it's just, it's almost silly. He's trying to make the Las Vegas Raiders, the Patriots West. He hired the coach, now he's gonna go get Tom Brady.
0: The success of the uh, Patriots and watching them over the years, um, I've seen them do it with Tom Brady, of course, the greatest of all time, but I also saw the development of Tom Brady the greatest of all time. And then I saw it with Matt Castle. I saw him be able to win with him and make Matt Castle the hottest free agent commodity in the market. Then I saw him do it uh, this year with a rookie quarterback. I've just always seen the Patriots as a team that not only adapts from week to week or half to half, but maybe even series to series. I just believe in Josh's uh, ability to assess the situation and make the changes in real time. And that's always been something that's impressed me. On, the, on the, uh, the side of Dave, with their personnel and everything, it's a lot of no names that they do it with. And every now and then, you know, they'll bring in a, a big name free agent, but he fits a spot. And that kind of reminded me of the old Raiders in that way, that we used to be able to do that. Being around this sport for a long time and watching the excellence that, that was brought to the field by the Patriot organization, and knowing that Josh was a huge part of that and talking to people that are also part of the Patriot organization that I know in my network of people, I got the feeling that this was the right guy. Do you
1: really think, Mark, that the Raider fan is going to accept this clown? The fossil He's going to arrive in a wheelchair at 47. He's going to come into the worst defense in the division. I hardly think Tom Brady is that stupid. Maybe he's just going to get the money, just like Warren Sapp did, just like Champagne Walker did. There's many, many players that came to Oakland just as a name so Al could bring people in to the stadium with a possibility of success. That's the name of the game in the NFL, let's not forget. And especially in Las Vegas, where we have become the Celine Dion of the NFL. And I'm sorry to say that because it's a beautiful stadium. I've been there. It's just so crazy nice, but super expensive. And I don't blame any Raider fan for selling their tickets to anyone who will pay the price for them. The fact that Mark raised the prices this year was comical. Why do you raise a price on a product that is absolutely inferior in every sense? Mark needs the money. So let me just say this in closing. I will always be a Raider fan. I'm still a Raider fan because the team isn't really owned by Mark or by McNuggets or by the general manager, Ziggy. The team belongs to the fans. Always has been and always will be a fans team. And we'll ride it out, whatever happens. We'll complain like I do. We'll be happy when things work out great. And we'll be pissed when things don't. That's part of being a fan. But since 2002, we've had nothing but a folly of funkiness. And from Reggie McKenzie to <laughs> the list goes on. I don't even want to say it because it's sad and embarrassing. So let's just see again. You know, McDaniels and the, you know, this general manager will pop a lot of crap like they are right now about how they're going to do better in this draft and how they've got their ducks in a row and how we should be excited about the next season. Just a line of horse manure that we've been fed for year after year after year with no real change. I honestly, as a fan, don't think there'll be a change until Mark leaves. And we find someone in the front office, the big office, the big chair, the top of the Top of the mark, the guy with the huge desk that has a business sense and a sense of hiring quality people that can bring in individuals that do better jobs. That's what I think. But that's just me. I'm just Raider Greg. <laughs> you guys know me by now. So, my best hope is always going to be hope for the Raiders. And I feel for the fans who have the PSLs because. It's a sad day, especially if you're putting your money there. So just sell your tickets to whoever you want, brother, because I would get my money and not worry about who's sitting in the seats. Not until the team actually deserves your ass in them. I wouldn't put my butt in a seat now either, because I would sell it to make the money back to pay until they are worthy of my participation. And I just hope someday that the Raiders' home, new home, could develop a style and a reputation for toughness and hard noseness, and not take any prisoners like we had in Oakland. I don't know if it can happen, but it would sure be a great place if it was our home court again like it was then. And in closing on this, I just got to say thank you, Derek Carr, again for your absolute unbelievable patience and determination and your ability to see through and beyond the baloney that you've had to deal with for your entire nine years. Thank you, my man. Thank you, my friend, for bringing us some absolutely amazing fourth quarter comebacks. And that is all I have to say about that. Of the bone all right let's get to the bone line this is you guys talking not me of course i talk too much <laughs> as always especially on bay medicine it always kicks me up just a little bit all right our first caller is from the city of las vegas my very good brother raider calvin is in the house he's been a raider fan way before they built the death star <laughs> what's happening calvin
10: Raider Greg Calvin from Vegas. Been listening to you for 16 years, maybe 17. Only called a couple times. Got to tell you, can't believe they're here. As I said before, and what's transpired um, during the Oakland years since you started this podcast. When when you said you were leaving, it um. Let me tell you, man, I look forward to you on Saturday morning (laughs) listening to that broadcast before the game on Sunday or Sunday morning making bacon and eggs, and and you're leaving. So just let me tell you, if anyone else hasn't man, if you can do it a couple times, A year, you know, quarterly, whatever. Life gets in the way, you got your knee surgery. But your stuff is legend. Thank you, sir.
1: First off, brother, thank you for the heartfelt words. And, you know, Randy and I heard these words, and, well, we're just going to keep going till we can't. Literally, physically can't. (laughs) Because we didn't realize, really, how much the fan base, our little fan base, um, liked us, really. And to hear all these calls, it's really amazing to us, uh, the The feedback that we've gotten since we said we were going to stop the show. We were really amazed. We're really thankful for you guys uh, and for your participation and your calling in. Man, that's what makes this podcast. You guys don't call in. We don't have a show because it's just me, in other words. And that's just not enough, not in my eyes, anyway. Thank you, brother, for all the props. And our next caller is my good brother from behind the Orange Curtain. And if you're ever in Orange County, you'll understand what I mean by that. The Raider Disciple. Man, I love this cat. He's always got a great take. He is solid Raider Nation. What's going on, my good brother?
11: Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, it's your man, the Raider Disciple, out here in Orange County. Today's a sad day for me, man. I'm going to tell you why, because I've been listening to this show show for a long time, and if I think about it, I don't even know how the hell I came across you guys, man, but it was always awesome. And I'm so sad that you guys are going to hang it up, and I understand that, Greg, you have some health problems and stuff like that. But man, damn, I wish you guys would reconsider, man, because the listen to the rest of these fucking idiots on, <laughs> on these podcasts, man you guys, you guys are second to none, man, but I'm going to miss Raider Dan, uh, Money man, uh, the dude out my own way out there in Scranton,, uh, Kelly, I mean, all the people that call in, I'm going to miss those voices, man. I'm going to miss you guys immensely. I'm going to tell you, man, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for what you've stood for. You are true Raiders. All of you who have called in. I don't know when Williams, I mean, goddamn, the the list goes on, you know, and I'm sorry this is going to end. Man, I hope you guys reconsider, but you know what, man? Go Raiders, and we're always going to be a family. Hey, Raider, Greg and Randy, maybe try to do a reunion, put some faces with this uh, podcast a year from now. We meet at a bar in Vegas for a game or something, but then, This is like losing a friend. It's like losing a family member, man. But you know what, man? I love you all, and peace out. Let's go Raiders.
1: I love this call, bro, because I know you. We've heard you many times call in, and we are always thankful. I love your takes. I appreciate the uh, mad respect you have for our show, and uh, we appreciate you, man. Um, Anytime you call in, it's always something good, something wise, something funny. We appreciate you way more, bro. Trust me. And so thank you for the props. Everything else, Major, we're going to stick around. You're going to be tired of hearing us. But, uh, yeah, when I drop the mic, there's not going to be any picking up anything else. <laughs> because it'll be the end for Raider Greg. Yeah, I'm having knee replacement. That's a brutal surgery. It's going to take me a while to get, get well. But I'm having it so I can continue on and do the things that I love doing. I appreciate your call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Trevor from Colorado in definite hostile territory. What's going on, my good brother?
9: Woo! Raider Greg, Raider Randy. I'm out here in Pagosa Springs, Colorado for work every Friday, and I uh, get to enjoy your podcast on this this day and uh, I started the, the download before I lost service so I could listen and um, I heard that uh, I, well I read on the title that it's the last episode now is I was uh, prepared to be sad <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm glad you didn't save it for the end of the podcast I'm glad you said it right off the bat that you're sticking around I'm glad you guys are sticking around I hope that you guys keep feeling the love and uh that people uh keep spreading the word about the podcast so it'll keep growing and uh next time you guys want to scare us and and uh start saying you're going to leave maybe uh maybe until then you could test out a couple of uh people that might be able to take it over someday but hopefully that's years from now hopefully uh Mark Davis uh decides to sell the team that'd be nice because he's a buffoon and uh mcdaniels is uh is a buffoon and uh Derek carr will be great somewhere else jared stidham he looked good but as you said it's the coaching and Derek didn't have all those players available all season and uh stidham gets them for one game and you see waller and renfro and Devontae and jacobs all going off so uh I do hope we beat those Chiefs. I don't want that satisfaction for them. And uh uh I was also thinking uh since you, you were saying that Vegas is kind of the place for um away teams to come and hang out and we're not gonna have a full house of Raider Nation. It'd be funny, uh, and pretty bold if there's ever a player when we're playing in San Fran or in LA if uh we won a game and they said in the post game Uh, made some comment towards the crowd saying that uh, we only get one home team every – home game every year. And uh, I could just imagine the Raider Nation at one of those games just uh, roaring when uh, a player would say something like that. That would be pretty cool. But um, either way, looking forward to this last game. I'm glad you guys are sticking around. And uh, I hope that there's a couple – off-season podcast where we get to hear from you guys, uh, even if it's just an update on how your surgeries are going and how you guys are are, uh, are looking. So, um, happy New Year and let's go Raiders! Oh, this is Trevor, uh, Trevor from Fondynton Raider, Trevor. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.
1: Well, thank you for your take. Your mad respect for the show. I'm glad you listen. I love hearing why people listen when they listen. It's pretty cool for us to know you're listening while you're working or while you're driving to work. That's um, really cool. It, it really makes us feel like we're doing something good for the nation. And, um, yeah, walk by, down memory lane for sure. Thank you for your call and your input and being a fan of the show, brother. And our next caller, I love is handle, the blind athlete. <laughs> Very cool, bro. What do you got for the nation?
12: Hello, Raider Nation
13: podcast. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, blind athlete. Gone by Exmo Raider in the past. But um, this is a somber call, man. I'm going to miss you. Last time I tried to talk to you and not quitting, quit, and you gave your last ticket
12: in Oakland to a friend and his kid. That was awesome. But this time, it don't sound like there's no talking you out of it. But uh, we love you. We miss
13: this. We all. I mean, I wait for this like call for my dad, who's no longer around. You know, it's, it's a special thing. But I'm gonna miss all the callers. I love you guys, and uh, go Raiders. It's probably gonna make it. I meant
12: to call the other day. Sorry.
1: Bye. It's all good, brother. It's all good because. That's a great memory. I remember giving my last two tickets to the last game in Oakland to a guy and his son. Uh, Matter of fact, it was at a car wash, and um, he was so excited, and I was so excited to give them to him because he'd never been to a game. His son had never been to a game. And things like that, man, he just really get me rolling um, because going to Oakland was always so much fun and I'm glad I got a chance to share with him and that was the last game ever ever played there so that's a lot to say and I appreciate the memory brother cuz I do remember that very well thank you for the call bro and our next caller is Raider Rob straight out of Maryland that's a long way away brother <laughs> I love it what's up
14: Hey, Raider Greg, it's Raider Raw from Maryland. Glad you're not quitting, man. Hey, I didn't cut mine short. The thing just cut off when I called the last time last week. But anyway, my favorite thing we've ever done, like one time I, when I used to have Facebook, the Cowboys and the Raiders were playing on Thanksgiving, and me and you and this girl I know it was a Cowboy fan got into it for a little while. It was hilarious. But you know what, man? This show is is being a Raider fan, man, like this team. I don't want to support, dude. They totally shoved it up. Car's ass. But anyway, I'm just glad you're back. Glad you're not going anywhere. Get healthy. Get through that. I'm praying for you. You know what, man?
12: Life's good. Go Raiders.
1: Thank you, brother. I appreciate the props and certainly the encouragement to move forward. Um, Yeah, there's been some great things on Facebook before I got tired of it. it got to be a little crazy, as you know. But, uh, yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And our next caller is from the seat of the Raider Nation, Oakland, California. That's right, the original place where I'm sure he saw some amazing games. Raider Tad's in the house. What's up?
2: Hey, Raider, Randy, Raider, Greg. This is Raider Tad from Oakland, California, a longtime listener. i um, <laughs> just listening to the new podcast and assuming, and, or you said you were not going to do it anymore, you're, you're staying around. And I just think that's fantastic. I love this podcast. and been listening to it, I think, since 2010 or 2009 or some shit. I just really, really enjoy it. Sometimes I just, I disagree with you a lot, but that doesn't mean I'm, we're not Raider fans. We all want the same thing to win, to be a winning team. And so, just to jump on the back of Carr and all that, you know, the Raiders playing today. It's Saturday morning, and I'm not thinking, oh, I'm missing Carr. I'm thinking, I get to watch the Raiders. <laughs> win, win, lose, or draw, I get to watch the Raiders today. We all get to be Raider fans, and that's fucking pretty cool. So. Anyways, I'm glad you're sticking around, and um, and I hope your surgery goes well and uh, you come out happier and healthier. All right, happy new year. Bye.
1: First, thanks for the call and the props, brother, especially from Oaktown. Yeah, you know, Derek Carr's memory is going to fade pretty quickly because there's a lot of buffoonery that has to go on before our next season. But we will remember him. We'll remember him, I am sure. When our next quarterback falters or our next season is getting kind of funky, that's when we'll remember him. Not right away, but we'll remember the stability that was Derek Carr. That's for sure. Appreciate the call and the props, bro. And our next caller really needs no introduction. You know him, and you certainly have to love him because he is the fat girl (laughs) from Dodgeball. I love him, Raider Chris from Scranton, PA. What's
6: up? Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Chris, Scranton PA, and good Lord, it's been too damn long since I've called this bone line. No,
15: I'm just kidding.
6: I'm so happy to hear that you guys decided to continue this because honestly, we'd be lost without you guys, and I think you guys would be lost with some of these calls that come in, so thank you for sticking around. With that being said, I'm calling in early, six minutes left, Thirty-one thirteen, and uh, the offseason is going to be interesting. Me, personally, personally, I'd like to see them reach out and try to get something for Aaron Rodgers. Get Aaron Rodgers connected back with Devontae Adams and, and the weapons that we have. Uh, hopefully, we can bring back Hollins for a year, um, Moreau, possibly. But uh, that that's me, personally. But you know McDummy. He's going to go out and get one of his guys, you know, Brady in his wheelchair, Garoppolo just coming off in an injury. So uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason. On a side note, it, they make it so easy for us to hate Kansas City. Their whole circus act on the field, I wanted to jump through the screen and just punch Mahomo right in the face. Like, honest to God, that team is sickening, and I hope they get handed first round. But NFL's paving the way for him. That's what they're doing. Mahomo is the new Brady. Let's be honest. But um, with that being said, I heard about a couple of surgeries coming up for you, uh, Raider Greg. So I hope everything works out well for you and the family. I'm sure it will. You guys are strong. Greg, you're badass. So you got it, bro. On that note, man, until next year, until next season, I should say. Raider Nation, I love you guys. I am out like that fat girl in Dodgeball.
1: Love the call, brother. I love the perspective. Um, Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, Brady, all these, they're ever floating everyone's name out there. Who knows who we're going to get? Who knows who we're going to keep? I have no faith in the staff whatsoever. You know, if they don't fire the defensive coordinator immediately, then we have no hope. Because Patrick Graham's defense is not the player's problem. It's the coaching problem he is ill-equipped to be a coach of the defense. So, yeah, man, we'll see what happens. I appreciate your confidence. One surgery down. I got the big one coming up, the knee replacement. That's a a whopper. So uh, I appreciate all your props and well wishes, bro. Thank you. We'll see you soon next season uh, when things start to heat on up. And our next caller, the femme fatale of the Raider Nation, Raider Tracy. Colin from Jersey. Tough place, tough town. Got to be tough to live there. What's going on, my good girl?
15: Raider Greg, Raider Randy. What up, Raider Nation? Hey, this is Tracy from Jersey. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy New Year. And I am watching the fourth quarter of this Raiders-Chiefs game. (laughs) And it does not look good. Oh, man. Um, Great coaching, great leadership from McDodo. Not, this is one, not happy Raider fan. Watching this guy just like, he's just ruined the team. I mean, I I always want the Raiders to win. I love to see them win, love to see them celebrate. Um, But I just... I can't – it's so tough watching this, you know, the team that we had last year to what we have this year. It's like this guy has just – this coach has just mucked everything up. And, and, you know, kind of looking at Stidham in this game, it's like watching a younger Derek Carr. He's dealing with the pressures, no protection from the O-line. He's doing some things well, but he's, you know, he's not getting it done because, I don't know, maybe – McDaniels is it just doesn't have a a good game plan. Not liking what I'm seeing, but and I'll tell you I'm a fan of Derek Carr. You know the since I guess he came into the league, um, you know he's not always been perfect. He's you know had some things that he probably should have you know worked on his footwork or you know developed that that pocket presence, um, but. It doesn't seem like he's had coaches to kind of see him through that, but I just think he was done. You know, he, he was just done wrong. I mean, he, 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 I hope he has that Matt Stafford resurgence if he goes to another team. Derek Carr, he's a good guy. What he and Rich Busaccia did last year, you know, I don't think anybody could have just, you know, done that, taken us to the playoffs, let us through. The mess that was last season, um, but I'm you know I'm hoping hoping the best for Carr. He is a he's a good man. And I'm hoping for next year that we get a defense and and maybe we'll get you know special teams, some good special teams player or a special you know some special teams situations where we can turn things around, get a punt return. Remember Dwayne Harris, his return against the Broncos a couple years ago, a few years ago. So, you know, just saying, I love the Raiders. I just want this, the owner and the coaches to do the right thing by our team. It's 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 our team, all right. And uh, for you, Raider Greg, I wish you a speedy and healthy recovery. Um, I hope the you know, I hope the the podcast. Continues. I'm smiling now because this podcast is the truth. Love this podcast. Um, you know, keep us connected. Keep me connected to you know what we need to hear about about uh, about our our team, our Raiders. Just win, baby. Peace out. This is Tracy from New Jersey.
1: What a sweet, awesome call, man! Thank you so much um, for all of it. Derek Carr is a quality dude. I always said it. always meant it. And I hope he goes somewhere else and wins the Super Bowl. Our management, well, you heard enough about that. I've been talking about it since the beginning of the season. Stidham's not the answer. We're going to have to find someone else. Well, you know, it is our team, which I think is the best thing about your call as you put it into perspective. This is our team. It's not Mark Davis's team. It's not Josh McNugget's team. This is our team. So, whatever happens, we just hope that they do the right thing. Things shall get better. Eventually, we can only hope that we don't stay in this lull for the longest period. It's time for the Raiders to come back. I just don't know if it's going to come back under Mark Davis. I appreciate your call. Always very cool. Thanks, Tracy. And our next caller is the Chuck Town Raider. Distinctive voice. Love this caller. What's going on, brother?
16: Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Chuck Town Raider catching up with y'all after uh, that ridiculous showing at our home in Las Vegas, uh, the Death Star. <laughs> I never, I never really quite got that. Why do we, why do we want to name our stadium after something that gets blown up by the <laughs> good guys? Uh, Whatever. On the other things, uh, glad that you and Raider Randy are hanging out for one more round. So this is my last round for this year until the season picks up again. And with my parting remarks, I just want to uh, piggyback off what Food Stamp Raider said about y'all. You're the true voice of Raider Nation. Nobody owns y'all. Nobody's got... uh, you got their hands in your pocket and nobody's pulling your strings. You are truly a no-homer zone. And uh, as far as what's going on in the offseason, uh, all the speculation about whether uh, cars sucked or if uh, McDougal sucks, I think we're going to find out what the locker room thinks uh, when free agency hits. And if uh, J.J. and D.A. walk, I think we'll have our answer. But anyways, I, I think that uh, we're going to be looking at seeing uh, your favorite, uh, <laughs> the love of Raider Nation, TV 12 um, in Las Vegas, because uh, Mr. Davis, uh, he's uh, really taking a shine to him. I'm sure you saw the, the little stories about him uh, hanging out with uh, Mark Davis. I think it was in March or May of this year. And last year it is. My goodness, time's going fast. And uh, either him or or Jimmy G, I expect um, one of McDougal's old buddies to be back with him. Uh, I think I think uh, Las Vegas will see success if it gets a quarterback that uh, can recognize when McDougal is out of his depth and uh, will keep him in check. And I think that's somebody like Tom Brady. I don't know how many times. You may have seen, I've certainly seen it, Tom Brady tear him a new one on the sidelines. And uh, that's what he needs. He, he needs someone that's, uh, that's paying attention and uh, is uh, not so much in love with himself but understands the reality of the game and how things are playing out and whether or not the game plan is working. But anyways, I'm not going to go off any more of that. Um, glad y'all are still in it. This is the Chuck later. I'm
1: out! Well, thank you for the props, and the no-homer zone is a definite for sure. Homer
13: Alert. Homer Alert. Homer Alert.
1: Yeah, I never took money from the Raiders. Not going to take money. You can certainly see the guys that are uh sucking at the trough of the Raiders. Their stories are very much alike because they're fed... Directly to them. We don't do that here. You know, we run off of what the fan base is thinking and seeing. Because I don't know everything, but I sure do expect you guys to let me know what's happening. And it seems kind of funny. After you listen to everybody across the country and sometimes out of the country, we all seem to have the same vision per se. I would just hate to see Tom Brady come here. That You know, I'd hate to taste that puke in my mouth every game because um, I guess that would be the only good thing is seeing him chew up McDaniels every time he comes off the field. That would be a little something anyway, (laughs) for sure. Hey, brother, I always appreciate your call. Thank you. And our next caller is the RVA Raider. Raider Trip is what I'm talking about. What's up, brother?
14: Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Tripp, the RVA Raider, calling on the Monday after the last game of the season against the Chiefs. It went about as well as we could expect, I suppose. But despite the way the game went, still had some great Raiders news over the weekend. That being when I listen to your podcast, it's not going to be the last one. Pumped my fist in the air, gave a little holler, Very happy that you're keeping it going, Greg. It means a whole lot to me and the rest of the Raider Nation, especially after another shite year like we just had. I'll tell you, it's very frustrating seeing all those opposing fans in the stadium. I personally really appreciate the Raiders fans that are showing up, expressing honest sentiments. You probably heard the story about how Mo Davis is getting frustrated at fans with signs that say, Fire McDaniel's. There was a guy that had a sign that said, "We deserve better." I really appreciate those sentiments. The word is, is that these people were asked to put their signs away or kick out of the stadium, which is total bullshit. That Davis can't handle that. We as a fan base do deserve a lot better. All we could do is hope for more. Well, guess that's about all for me right now, Raider Nation. Happy New Year to everybody once again. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, thank you so much for this podcast and keeping it going. Just the best Raiders news, the best Raiders outlet, the best Raiders podcast there is. All right, Greg, good luck with all your surgeries and everything. We hope to be hearing from you soon. Peace out. It's a Raider Trip.
1: Well, thank you, brother, for all the props for sure. Yeah, that was amazing how uh, Mark Davis had the nerve. To kick his own fans out of their own stadium. See, he thinks that's his place. It's not his place. It's our place. And he forgets that because we are the ones who go there and spend the money. We are the ones who buy his merchandise. We are the ones who support him in everything he ever does. He's got it completely backwards. Of course, look at his haircut. Need I say more? Thanks for the props, brother. It's always good. I can't wait to hear from you in the seasons coming forward. And our next caller needs no introduction as well, because you know him. You got to love him. It's the Prez. He's in the house. What's up, brother?
17: great your nation. great Nation, today is a good day, even though we got Molly Wopped on the TV, but let me start. This is the prayers. Salute to Raider Randy who has made his grand debut announcement that he is going to continue on and maybe get 20 because we was about to be some hurt, so crying guys. I was on that boat when I did my last podcast. I was cooking. I'd go grand get off and go home, and it was like a gloomy, long holiday, you know, um our captain retired, you know, and he was in his in his feelings, so I was like, damn, two retirements two guys alike. And I was just sitting there thinking like, man, all these years we've been talking to Ray Greg and Ray Randy. Ray Greg is like the the cool ass DJ, you know, better than Hal Stern. You know, that voice that you just can't get enough of and you know, um uh, you know that Raider stuff, man. Some things you just can't get over and you know, you don't want to lose. You don't want to see it come to an end. But in our hearts and soul, we understood, we knew that, hey, you know, uh, it's ugly in and and the Raider Nation, even though that's not solely what his reason is for leaving, but we fairly understand. Sometimes you just don't have your heart put in when things are just very bleak, and it makes it very more difficult. But lo and behold, the voice of reason of the Raider Nation rejuvenated Randy and brother Raider Greg. Greg listened to the Raider Nation, Party hearts out, and he had a change of thought, and when I got wind, I didn't want to listen to it because I didn't want to hear the word goodbye. I, and even I put it with, I had a take on it though. I was like, okay, if if um, he goes, I just probably just won't, don't want to listen to it right now because I I hate goodbyes and you know I don't like to see things come to an end. Lord knows Oakland is still in my heart. And if you can hear in the background, I'm at the airport. I just left Las Vegas. Um, I didn't go to the game because I I kind of knew what, what the outcome was going to be. But it was good to see the Raider Nation, um, you know, uh, people there, clamoring around, having that one last real good time, and you know, and um, be back next year. But I just want to just uh, take the time not to say how thankful I am to hear this Rated Greg. You got a lot on your plate. You are having surgeries, and you know, you are, um, you know, dealing with a lot of stuff. And yeah, for the love of the Raider Nation, man, you took into consideration that hey, man, this show got to go on. You can't do that to your fans. I mean, 18 years is a legend. Okay, yeah, these dudes—they might have little snappy, little catchy, little gimmicky stuff, though. But man, nothing be original. No, nothing, nothing be original. No, hearing that, the wind is a Raider.
13: Welcome Raider Nation.
17: This is Raider Greg, <laughs> and he a catch. See how long I've been listening to that? I got it down pat. But the prayers is here to tell you, Raider Nation, that is rejoiced. And good to hear Money Man has spoken. He came back and had his little take, you know, and uh, that's old school. Really great. I let him have his little take. Making <laughs> dollars and That was hilarious. And I just want to say to all the Radio Nation that we've been here, we're family. We leave, We need this. You know, uh, this is true. It's like your favorite group on a radio. You know, you hear a song or you hear a show or something that just gets you through. Well, my buddy, this is one of them. Sitting on a gold mine and we salute you in Raider Brandy. I know this is a long take, but I had to say my say. Thank you so much, sir. You just made my day. I'm smiling in a wild-eyed crocodile with three zebras chomping away. And you know he's smiling, baby. This is the prayer signing out. It is a happy day. Let us take time to rejoice and um be careful out there and be safe. A lot of people going through. Keep your faith in God. Keep your faith in the Raider Nation. We might not be going where we want to, but we just have to sit there and wait and see what happens, though. So without that being said, this is the prayer saying, Raiders, it is a happy day for me and the Raider Nation. God bless you, Raider Grade and Raider Randy. Take care.
1: Wow, brother. You're bringing it down hard. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you enjoy it, man, because trust me, we enjoy doing it. And it's lovely to see and hear uh, fans that really appreciate our show. I appreciate uh, the passion in which you you talk about us. Um, yeah, we didn't realize I didn't realize that uh, folks would miss us. I mean, you got all these new Fandangle shows out there. Everybody's on video. Hit the subscribe button. <laughs> Trust me, I heard it. But uh, thank you, man. I appreciate all the props. And certainly the heartfelt um, thanks that you have for our show. Randy and I love it. And we love you, the callers. Um, you guys are icons here on this show. So we appreciate those the most. And our next caller is the Pennsylvania Raider. Man, Pennsylvania Raider has been on this show for many years, man. he have been putting his takes in. True Raider fan. Definitely Raider Nation. What's up, my brother?
8: What's up, Nation? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Pennsylvania Raider. It's been a long time since I called in, man. Uh always try to catch the show when I can, working like crazy. And I and I saw that that the Raider Nation podcast might be ending. So I listened to the last episode, thank God it is not. Because I gotta tell you, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. You and this podcast have been the only positive thing for the Raiders in the last 20 years. That's it. I used to listen to the podcast because I watched the games. Now I watch the games because I listen to the podcast, if you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, man, for like years, for the past eight years, me and my boy Raider Chris, we used to watch the games, get into the games, go to games, just so we could get on the bone line and voice our opinion, whether we won, whether we lost, whatever. So I'm glad that you guys are still sticking around. God bless the both of you. And I just want to say one more thing. Don't let Mark Davis and McNuggets ruin your 2023. Don't let them do it. I lost a few people this year, friends. You know, as long as everybody's happy and healthy, that's what's really important. It don't matter where they play, how bad they are. You know, it's all good. Things will get better. People have their health. Take care of each other. Keep going, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Keep going. Pennsylvania Raider, I'm out.
1: Well, thank you for the call, brother. We certainly appreciate it. It's been a while, but it's always good. And you and uh, Raider Chris used to come in as a dynamic duo, super funny, super dynamic. I loved it. But yeah, man, I'm glad you put it into perspective. That's always been that way for me. You know, life goes on, and then there's the games. I mean, we all have things in our life, you know, people that we lose. I mean, those are huge, huge losses, Uh, way more intense and important than a game or a team. Um, because the Raiders will go up and down as they do, like they have been for the last twenty years, but good friends and family, man, they're not around forever, so you know you got to appreciate them, love them, and uh spend time with them above and beyond football bro and i I hope that message comes out clear because i'm I'm glad you brought it up. God bless you and your family, brother. It's always good. Can you smell the Cheese? <laughs> I love it. This is a Cheesehead Raider from Wisconsin. I love this caller. What's up, my brother?
5: Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is a Cheesehead Raider caller from Wisconsin. And as we all probably assumed has happened, uh, we got our rear ends handed to us by the Kansas City condiments. Uh you know, it's not really much to say about that. Our defense is horrible. Um, if on the off-season through free agency, number one for me would be to keep Jacobs and then add a right tackle and a right guard, and then the whole draft could be all defensive players. Um, we need to make sure that we can get a backup, if not a replacement for Perriman, because we don't know what's going to happen with him. I personally would love to see a defensive end because I am not a Chandler Jones fan. And I think we need a D tackle to get some pressure on the quarterback and to help stuff the run. I am the type of person who wants to build the front four, then the front seven, and then worry about the back end because I believe you can't have corners. I don't care how good you are. There come very few that can hang with the receiver who knows where he's going and you have to react to him. So how do you stop the pass? put the quarterback on his backside. Once a great man said, the quarterback must go down and he must go down hard. I'm trying to remember. Oh, his name was Al Davis, the guy who brought the Raiders to what they are now and his pathetic offspring is absolutely destroying the team. But I'm going to put that to the side. I am calling number one for the great, fantastic news that has come out. Raider Greg, Raider Randy's not hanging it up. Keep it around. I want to thank you very much for that decision. I am so glad that Raider Nation has reached out, showed you, too, how important you are to the nation. As they said in the end of Lethal Weapon 4, the nurse asked, are you guys all friends of that? And they said, no, we're family. And that's the way I feel about you, the way I feel about all the Raider Nation callers that call in. So thank you again for not hanging this up. I pray that your uh, knee replacement surgery goes well, you heal up, and we can do something about this team. All cheer next year, maybe the year after that, to the Super Bowl. And with that, this is Chief Head Raider. Peace!
1: Great call, brother. Thank you for the props. And you know, that's wisdom. We haven't had a a defense that ranked higher than 25th in the last decade. Now, what does that tell you? That tell you too much focus on offense. Defense wins championships. We all know this. When the Raiders had a very strong and vaunted defense, we won a Super Bowl. This is what we've needed for a long time. But I think Mo continues to harp on the offense he you know that's his priority and this new McNuggets with uh I need a gram, uh not a word is said from that guy. And uh well, this too shall pass, I hope. I McNuggets won't be around forever either. We just have to wait for the next change and hope for the best, bro. Appreciate the call and certainly the props, man. And our next caller from sonora <laughs> not sonoma sonora california raider keith's in the house what's up brother
12: hey raider greg raider randy this is raider keith from sonora california last week it was confused i guess it sounded like i said sonoma no big deal all great cities uh, i just want to get to um thanking you guys for keeping the show rolling, keeping the show going. Uh, it's great. Helps me on my Thursdays of work mowing lawns and whatnot. Can't wait to do it. Can't wait to do the next season. Um, getting back to this season, you know, after getting whooped again by the chiefs, just the other day on Sunday or on Saturday, uh, that whole game was basically weeks one through eight, 18 in, the net, in, in one game. It was all in a nutshell. It was just the same thing over and over again. I'm a, uh, Glad to see that people aren't putting their trust in this Stidham kid. Looks like a great backup, but they need to either draft or go after someone like an Aaron Rodgers to maybe help mold a draft pick into a great quarterback. Something the Raiders haven't had. You to ask me, Derek Carr was the last great quarterback they had. Um, didn't have any, have too much help, neither Derek Carr never had any help defensively, special teams wise, anything. So that just what I'm getting at is, uh, that's the only thing I'm going to talk about this past game season is Week 18 was the whole season in a nutshell. But the main reason why I'm calling is thank you for keeping this show going because it helps me out on my days. It helps me out the week anyway, getting prepared to listen to you, later, uh, Greg and later Randy. So thank you guys very much. And uh, can't wait till 2023, I guess. Thank you. Have a good day.
1: Well, thank you, brother, for the props as well. It's always good to hear from the Raider Nation. Uh, Sonora's beautiful place, man. Um, so I agree with you there. Now, we'll see what happens. This last game was a microcosm of the whole season, a failing defense, a wobbling offense, and poor play calls all around. What more can I say? Great description. And thank you for calling in, brother. It's always good especially the props about our show. We do our best. And our next caller, Raul Oliveros. This is my brother from another mother. Yeah, we spent many times in the Coliseum parking lot, kibitzing about the team, the coaching, and everything we're still talking about right now. A great guy, great family, a super strong Raider fan, uh, super good guy. What's happening, brother?
18: Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, what's going on? This is your friend from down south, Raul Oliveira. i um, wishing you guys a happy new year. Hope you guys had a happy holiday season. And thankfully, the dreaded season that we just had is finally over. Um, who knows what the future brings for us? I guess we're going to have to ride or fall with McNuggets at the helm. Um, Not really looking forward to seeing Jared Carr go, but, you know, when it's time, unfortunately, it's time. And I wish him looking but the best. Um, Hopefully he does what Matthew Stafford did a few years back and go to a team and win a title because he definitely deserves it. Um, Reader Greg, Reader Randy, thank you guys for all you do. You guys got me. I thought you guys were done. I was very disappointed and sad that I didn't call on the last show. But it's not. (laughs) So looking forward to hearing from you guys in the near future. And, you know, good luck, Greg, on your surgeries, upcoming surgeries. You know, next thing you know, we're going to be calling you Iron Man. But anyways, hope you guys have a good offseason. Take care. And go Raiders. This is Raul Oliveros, and I am out.
1: Very well said, my good brother, as always. I mean, I can't say how many times we talked in the parking lot of a real Oakland Coliseum. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we saw that many fans from the opposing teams there. Not. And McDaniels, he's just a flash in the pan. He'll be gone soon because his performance will show Uh, to Mark Davis eventually, Uh, even if he gets the aging uh, Tom Brady in, I just don't think our defense can hold this team up at all. So uh, we'll see what happens. McNuggets is not long for the position, and I, I really think Mark isn't either. So we have a real fresh start coming ahead. We'll see. Hopefully sooner than later, brother. I appreciate all the love and the many times we broke bread and had a beer together, bro. Take care. And last, but absolutely never least, the Tokai Raider. Now, here's a story. This guy (laughs) popped up when I first started my show. I'm like, there's somebody from Japan who listens to my podcast? It was amazing to me that that was the case. I was blown away, only to meet him several times there in Oakland, in the parking lot, Met his family, his brother, which is a kick. He's so funny. Great times. Great friends. What's happening, brother?
13: Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, the bald Raider. This is uh, the Tokai Raider, uh, Robert Moorhead, calling in. It's been too long since I called in. Can't remember the last time. Um... I maybe I should rename myself the Chicago Land Raider, as I've relocated from uh, Japan to uh, just outside Chicago. Um I'm happy to hear that you're continuing the broadcast to uh, keep the podcast going. Um I wish you the best of luck with your surgery coming up. Um, the podcast is so important for us fans to be able to commiserate together over our team's perpetual docking and dysfunction junction doesn't seem to matter who the owner is, who the coaches are, who the players are. There's always some boneheaded shit happening over and over again with this team. I tell you, that one thing I don't have to deal with people razzing me at work, um, the Monday after a game, because um, the Bears had an even worse record than the Raiders, and people Chicago sports fans have just kind of resigned themselves to their team sucking badly. So, as a Raider fan, we're doing pretty well. Um, whether it's our, our coach saying we're the dumbest team in America, or uh, Jacaricus Russell um, getting sent a blank DVD and telling the coach he liked all the plays. Or uh, Lane Kiffin getting fired over projector. <laughs> or uh, Javon Walker getting beat up on um, the streets in Vegas. Or, man, it just goes on and on. Each memory brings back another one. I think that was so, what made the victory over the Patriots so sweet, was that for once, finally, it was the other team making the boneheaded mistake costing them the game. I that's that's our thing, right? Isn't that what the Raiders do? Um okay, enough ripping on the team. We do have some good players every year. It's nice to have some have the best player on your team not be the kicker or the punter, as we had for so many years, um but actually have the league leader in rushing, you've had Max Crosby on there and the bunch surrounded by a bunch of shit players they find off the street in Vegas and have happened to sign that week. Um, you ever notice, like this last season, some guys in there starting on defense, you're like, who the fuck is that? I don't know that guy's name. Um, but I've been following you guys since back when i lived in Japan, one of the many times i lived in Japan, um, enjoyed tailgating, sharing many beers with you guys, um, at the tailgate in Oakland, uh, bringing my kids to the tailgates. And now the kids are all grown up and we've moved out here. Um, but I can't quit the Raiders. I realize, even though they moved to Vegas, which still pisses me off. Um, you know, you bleed silver and black, right? Once you go, once you go Raider, you can never go back. So, uh, I appreciate the the podcast and all that you guys do. Um, I formally invite you to Chicago for the next season. The Raiders are playing the Bears in Chicago. Um, Although there's a bit of a caveat, if it's like minus 10 outside or something for that game, I'm keeping my ass home. I'm sorry. I'm a California boy and that shit's just too damn cold. So hopefully it's earlier in the season when the weather's better. A <laughs> uh, nice warm fall day here in Chicagoland. Um, but I appreciate you guys, appreciate the show. Gives us a chance to complain about our team, occasionally celebrate. Those of us long term fans know how long we've been, the train has been stuck in dysfunction junction. Think of the phrase that you used many, many years ago when talking about this team. Um, So, you guys take care and um, keep doing the show and come on out to Chicago. This is a Tokai Raider, aka Chicagoland Raider, Robert Moorhead. Um, Oh, I almost forgot. Thank you also to you guys for uh, letting me take over the microphone. Um, on some of your video casts in the uh, Coliseum parking lot. Um, I probably had a few too many and was got into it a bit too much, but, hey, that's what it's all about. You guys take care, and go Raiders.
1: You can always get the microphone, bro. You deserve it. You're an OG, like one of the original listeners of our show from back when. And just the fact that you went through all those Coach Callahan's were the dumbest team ever, Jakarkus Russell, uh, the purple Drink, (laughs) lane Kiffin, uh, firing by yes. Overhead projector. I mean, some of the classics, uh, Javon Walker, Javon champagne Walker. I called him throwing money out at the strip clubs. Yes. The Raiders have had a sketchy history, but it's not about them. It's about us. It's about the fan base. It's about you. And, um, that yeah, it was great. We were doing videos in the parking lot. Far Cry from Oakland, Las Vegas is. I'm hoping they get it together there because it's kind of shameful seeing uh, how the fan base isn't feared anymore. Kind of shameful, honestly. But this too shall change as time goes on. I can only hope. Thank you for calling in, brother. It's so awesome to hear you because we did share many, many games there in the parking lot and had a lot of laughs. I appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. We appreciate you guys calling in, as always. Uh, We'll be doing another show next week before I go under the severe knife of a knee replacement. Kind of brutal. But if you haven't checked out our videos, I think Randy still has them up there on our website.
13: Actually, our videos can be found on our YouTube channel, which is titled Raider Nation Podcast with no spaces in between, or www.youtube.com slash podcast
1: Check them out, man. That'll give you an idea what Oaktown was about and what it was like to be at the tailgate in Oakland and how much fun it really was. I can't speak for Vegas. I can only speak for the hometown and the home ship, not the Death Star which I used to call the penitentiary of stadiums, the Oakland Coliseum. But we have to move onward and upward and forward, hopefully soon without McNuggets and company. Uh, The drama continues, like Robert Moorhead was saying. We just got to keep rolling. And remember, the Raiders don't own the fans. The fans own the Raiders, and that's how it's always going to be. Trust me. I am Raider Greg, and I am out.